Welcome to Zero to CEO, where seasoned entrepreneurs will teach you how to succeed. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode, I have with me a cybersecurity evangelist and enthusiast, Arthur Kane. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jason, for having me. Yeah, man, thanks for coming. And, and today's an important topic. We're talking about how businesses can protect from online security threats. Ooh, lots of hackers out there. <laughs> and so I, I guess the first thing I want to mention is uh, there's a lot of scams and hacks, and that's just part of like the world, right? I mean, that's not even part of businesses. It's just like even on dating apps, there's like $1.5 billion worth of scams every year. Then you have like websites being hacked. So what is like the the the, the number one thing that Anybody, forget even just business owners, just regular people people can do to protect themselves from cybersecurity threats. Um, right. I, great question to start with. I, I would call this world um, a hyper-connected world. And I think that any company and any person who can embrace the way things are today will survive, uh, figuratively, obviously. Uh, and this means um, trying to avoid um, uploading data and uploading things about yourselves that you that someone can misuse, right? So think about uploading a photo, uh, a video of you. Do you want your children to be able to see it on the internet? And then when we talk about companies, uh, do you want your systems and data being exposed to the public internet or do you want to cloak it from the outer world? Yeah, I mean, there was a documentary about Cambridge Analytica and the Facebook debacle of how people's data was just completely misused. I mean, that was a horrible situation. So, I mean, how uh, how can companies protect their their members or their users from leaks or data privacy, uh, you know, just threats? I mean, this is just it's pervasive in our culture. So how can we combat it? What's what do you do? Um, many users now connect remotely. Um, they uh, often connect from unsecured networks. Um, companies migrate their infrastructure to the cloud and really removing their critical IT assets from uh, outside of the trusted safe zone of their, of their network. And they're becoming very sus- uh, susceptible to, to attacks. And uh, there are many ways how we can protect ourselves. And I see a lot of small businesses procrastinating when deploying new cybersecurity technology. They know they should be doing it, but they kind of often see it as very complex um, and requiring too many IT resources and expertise. Um, while there are tools that really democratize um, the markets and enable uh, businesses to uh, to use something so simple as you would expect from consumer grade technologies, but with enterprise level of security. And one of those technologies is definitely zero trust. It's not a new concept. Um, if I were to explain it in physical world, we used to protect our buildings with a security guard who would only allow um, trusted person to get inside of the building. And once this person was inside, they had unlimited access to everything in there. And then uh, later, as a humanity, we embraced having reception desks and cameras and also uh, physical access cards that would only allow people to certain areas and certain doors. Um, And the zero trust concept is really just that in the digital world. Uh, We're not allowing everyone with unlimited or uh, providing anyone with unlimited access 
we give them the least amount and least mm. uh, number so, so of access. So, so it sounds like it's like uh, different levels and different tiers of, I guess, super user and then admin and then like manager and then, you know, regular employee or whatnot. And each person has a different level of access. So you're mentioning physical security. You're mentioning cybersecurity. I mean, there's like brick and mortar you know, server buildings, and then there's, you know, enterprise level, level data centers, and then there's the cloud. And you're saying that people are afraid or intimidated to use one or the other because of the complications. But here's the thing. Everybody knows that data breaches happen. I mean, hospitals get hacked, colleges get hacked, government agencies get hacked, and the list goes on and on and on and on. So even if you protect yourself, even if you do set up some sort of firewalls and, you know, algorithms and whatnot, what's going to stop the hackers out there, the bad actors, to still try to pry through those back doors and whatnot to get through? And what's to stop them? Nothing. Uh, first of all, they will always be trying. And sometimes even with the best policies and best, best technologies that we can implement, there will always be, um, I call them goofy users. So sometimes maybe due to some flaw in the design, maybe uh, maybe an engineer made a wrong decision when they were under pressure to deliver on time. Very often, regardless of all the systems in place, these internal people allow someone to get through to our network. So education is a big part of prevention, but again, that doesn't answer your question, right? But, but, but when you say yeah. education, like I want to I get into that. So this, this is important, right? Because education for any industry or company or business or pathway to hacking needs to, you need to know what it is to do. So are you saying that as a business owner, I, I should look at, okay, so here are the entry points, right? Here's where I, here's where I have my data. Here's where I have my sensitive information. Do I need to hire someone to help me build a way to stop people from getting into there? And I need to educate myself to learn what those things are or how to implement them. Like what, what are my solutions here? Because a lot of people out there, like you said, they, they're just intimidated by all this. Um, this could be one way to, um, to, to do it. I can hire people uh, that can help we help me um, creating new policies and educating people. Uh, but I think that's very overwhelming for companies. Um, there are technologies out there uh, that can um, supply me a whole pack of security measures that I only consume as a user in form of an app um, that I connect to in the morning and then disconnect from uh, after after hours. So um, I would definitely suggest companies to, to go out there uh, and try those companies that offer... A simplified version of enterprise enterprise grade security packed in a cloud delivered technology that is easy to use. Because at the end of the day, uh, once security starts obscuring productivity, no one will ever become more um, protected. Right. Right. And. The pandemic has caused a paradigm shift in the way people work. I mean, work from home has become this huge thing, and a lot of offices aren't really going back to the office. A lot of workers are still working from home. I personally have remote workers working all over the world. So how do you protect the people that are not in your physical office 
versus the ones in your physical. I mean, there's two different ones. There's the ones in your network that, that are on your infrastructure and the ones that you have no control over. How do you protect everybody? <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. In most regions, the pandemic of, of COVID-19 is considered over. Yet the world, including the digital one, will be affected forever. Um, I've seen research that uh, from a facility security company that says that in the 10 largest U.S. cities, offices are only 40% occupied. Wow. Uh, and, and That's a that, big number. That, that is a big number. Whew. And I've seen studies that show that over 60% of um, uh, surveyed companies, uh, people would rather quit their job if they were required to go back to full-time on-site work. Yep. Um, and... There are, I think the shift is really about the mindset. We had this internal local network with a single parameter to the internet, and we tried to build a wall on this parameter. But now, as users connect remotely, any device they use may be a potential entry point. And we call these sort of touch points a threat surface. Now, this threat surface is simply enormous, and cyber, cyber criminals like to exploit it and gain unlawful access to internal systems. And there are many technologies that we can use to detect, protect, we can hire people, but uh, I would definitely recommend starting with solutions for secure remote access. Uh, those are usually based on VPN, so they encrypt all traffic between you and the system. They help you to, uh, to do multi-factor uh, multi authentication. They help you with, techno with stuff like uh, sim single sign-on to have a single database that enables users to connect to different uh, areas. Um, and it all may come in, in a single, single package. And regardless of the device those users use and regardless of the network they connect from, once they're connected to this secured remote access environment, all of their activity is hidden from the public internet hmm. and hidden from attackers. And those attackers, you mentioned uh, in your answer here that these people are infiltrating these public networks and these multiple points of entry from unsuspecting users who are not using VPNs. And so what I'm curious about, what I'm sure everybody listening or watching is curious about is how are they attacking us what are they doing specifically what are the top three things that attackers are doing to these remote workers that they're able to access uh, valuable data at the end of the day the ultimate goal is to uh, gain access credentials uh, that will open door to the data financial information and different valuable assets the way to do this is to compromise uh, one's uh, account and that can be achieved through various ways. But the most uh, common one is using phishing. So in phishing attacks, most commonly spread through email, um, an attacker would um, uh, show or try to look like um, a legitimate service. So let's say um, uh, an Amazon uh, sending you an invoice and asking you that there was a problem with this invoice and, and asking you to uh, to log in to their administrative administration. Don't uh, click the link. Don't click the link. <laughs> I know, I know, but don't don't click a link. But that could be very, very hard for some people <laughs> to distinguish about you no know, the bad one from the good one. I always tell um, people to just log into the service directly. Don't click on the links. That's one way to think about it for sure. But we cannot rely on people to be hundred percent accurate. So. 
I would still recommend <laughs> cloaking and separating your data from the public world, only allowing people to connect to it through secured network, uh, and only allow people who have, you have identified personally and through multi-layer security um, into this into this network. And with this identity, they can carry it anywhere around the world. And only when you are sure about who this person is, you will allow them in. So that's one way of preventing it. Yeah, most people are not going to do that. So <laughs> I understand. And I get people to send me screenshots or they forward me an email or something. Is this legitimate? And then I'm like, don't click on anything you ever get in any email, period. I keep telling people that and they just still decide to click on... I just always tell people, look, the easiest way to avoid getting hacked or fished is to never click on a link in an email from something that you're not sure of. Go to the service website, click and, and type it in directly, and then look for the, if the issue there, your notifications or whatnot. Yes. And so, general rule of thumb is really the moment you receive a request to do an action that involves any credentials or yep. any information, Delete. identify yourself delete it delete. <laughs> and, and only provide your credentials when you are willingly uh, willing to do that. And right. Otherwise it's really untrustworthy uh, and just, just um, don't do it. Perfect. So to wrap things up, I want to hear the, the three most popular strategies you can give our listeners to, that every small business owner should embrace in terms of cybersecurity. Um, download a software uh, that uh, creates an encrypted tunnel through which you can connect to your public-facing databases and applications. Um, provide and, and work with strong passwords and use multi-factor authentication. Um, and cloak your systems from the public internet. And number four is educate your users on where to click and where not to. Love it. I, I think those are great strategies. People should be actually listening to this and doing it. Yes, do it. So t tell us a little bit about your, your business or your company, uh, a website where people can find you, any discount codes you might have. Sure thing. So um, I'm with uh, Good Access, uh, which is a secure um, uh, a company that we do a secure remote access for small businesses. We very much tailor the technology to be suitable for SMB needs. So there is no IT expertise needed. Um, and the technology is super simple. It takes 10 minutes to deploy. Everything is done in the cloud. All you do is just download an app and whatever uh, location and device you're using to connect to your systems uh, from, uh, you will always be secure. Uh, we have uh, a free account that you can use forever free for up to 100 users. And if you decide to go for our uh, paid subscriptions. We have um, a promo code uh, called Boots20 that will give you 20% discount on the first purchase. Nice. You guys heard our tour. B-O-O-T-S 20, Boots20 at goodaccess.com to get 20% off. Sounds like a no-brainer 10-minute install or whatnot for the app and cybersecurity hackers go away. Love it. Awesome, Arthur. Thanks a lot for coming. And as always, we will see you guys in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a five-star review. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org, where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. 
I'll see you in next week's episode.